WAJR AM and FM. This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good morning. Welcome into the program. Talk of the Town, Dave and Sarah. Multiple ways you can participate. We encourage them all. 800-765-TALK is the phone number. That is 800-765-8255 on your touch-tone keypad. Uh, you may also send us a text message on your mobile device at 304-TALK-304. And we're on the Twitter at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Coming up this morning, Preston County Commissioner Samantha Stone is going to join us bottom of the hour. We'll get an update from Preston County. Also, uh, she and... Uh, state leaders have all expressed concern about the plan for U.S. Penitentiary Hazleton to be used as a as a quarantine center for federal prisoners. We'll talk to her about those concerns at the bottom of the hour. Of course, we got headlines to get updated on as we go along as well. You know, politicians like to speak in broad generalities. They make statements on the campaign trail. They make statements while in office. Statements such as, "We're committed to helping." Uh, insert your favorite group organization downtown, uh, you know, it, what, whatever into that sentence. And you hear a lot of that. But as we all know, the devil's always in the details. The same goes for reopening the state. No one will argue that the broad statements such as reopening when it's safe or taking a careful approach or making sure we protect the health and lives of every citizen in West Virginia. Nobody will argue with that. The state's response to the coronavirus pandemic has been largely applauded. Swift action, social distancing measures has made the impact of the virus, uh, slowed the impact of the virus, and the spread has been minimal. And quite frankly, tragedies have been kept to a minimum. Scenes of overflowing hospitals like we saw in New York or Italy have not come to fruition here in West Virginia. But that was a reaction to a developing situation. Now is the time to be proactive, develop a strategy to methodically reopen businesses while continuing to practice social distancing. Guidelines that, you know, most of us have mastered at this point. It's time to provide a specific plan to the public. Provide a goal for all of us to strive for. Give business owners who might not be able to hold out a whole heck of a lot longer an idea so they can develop a strategy, so they can decide what is best for them moving forward, what works best for their individual business, so we can get the engine started again. If you've ever had an old car, an old tractor, an old lawnmower, you know once you shut it down for several months, sometimes it doesn't start up again, and we've got to get the engine rolling. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Dave. Had to get that off my chest this morning. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with any of it, but uh, I just want to see a plan. And I'm hoping when the governor, of course, I've been hoping this for several days now, I'm hoping that when the governor takes um, takes to the airwaves around 1030 this morning, that's the scheduled briefing time, uh, he has some details, some specifics for us other than um, the, the broad generalities we've heard the last uh, several briefings from Charleston. I agree. I can tell you this. If you are a, uh, I'm going to be kind of blunt about this, Dave. If you're a business owner right now, you shouldn't be waiting. 
You should be coming up with your plan. You should be strategizing. You should be getting your team together. You should be surveying your patrons. You should be figuring out what your plan is and make sure it's a flexible plan so that if there are certain mandates that come down or guidelines that come down that you weren't ready for, you, you have a way to pivot. But you should not be waiting on this because to your point about getting that engine restarted, this is going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. There are supplies that you may need to be ordering that if you haven't been talking to your distributors, those supplies could be on a six to eight week backlog. You may not be opening for six to eight weeks anyways. So if you're not having those conversations and you don't know what you're looking for and you're not changing your budgets and your goals and your projections for this year, you are making huge mistakes. If you have taken this as six weeks, I think at this point, right? Six weeks. I think my business has been shut for seven. If you've been taking this as six or seven weeks of just sitting and going, okay, we'll take our input up. We'll try to get that PPP. We'll, we'll do what we can, and then we'll figure it out once we open back up. You're making a huge mistake. You're not going to be able to function that way. You've got to plan for this. And what am I always saying on here? Strategic planning, collaboration. This is the time you need to be exercising those things. And if you're not doing that, you're messing up big time. You could strategic plan, but if the timeline you do business do business owners want to see a timeline because that could be the factor between reopening plans and shutting down plans, couldn't it? Could it? I, I guess I'm 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 asking you the question. I'm going to defer to you on this. Would one. it be ideal to be told X date is when you're going to reopen? Sure. But I don't know the likelihood of that for a little while longer. I mean, we have heard these ideas of what the measurements will be before we can see a date. We did hear on Friday, he said 10 to 14 days out. So we've heard some of these sort of theoretical dates. But even without a very specific date, yes, yeah, that would be great. It would be great to know exactly what the date's going to be, exactly what these mandates are going to be or guidelines are going to be. That would be great. Because it was mentioned on Friday, you know, restaurants – um, there was some talk about you may you may be asked to use cans instead of glasses. You may well that could change how you purchase your drinks. Um, if if you are someone who uses a soda machine versus purchasing bulk cans, that changes how you use your distributor. So yes, those types of things are good to know. But I think if you're paying attention and you're listening, like I. I, if I was a, a restaurant owner right now, would be, based off of that information on Friday, planning for a worst-case scenario of the fact that I need to buy cans in bulk. And so could I pivot that if that changes? Yes, but I should at least be planning for that worst-case scenario. I should be planning for a worst-case scenario that I can't have more than 10 people at my gym at a time. I should be planning for a worst-case scenario of needing my employees to do a temperature check before they come in every day. And frankly, these are probably just good guidelines anyways to make sure we are staying safe. So I think that you can play. Now, that's not me saying, oh, let the governor just wait until the day before to tell us. He actually said he would give restaurants a week. Now, will he? I don't know. But on Friday, he said he would uh, because he knows people need to purchase things in advance. But my point is, I don't think not having specific data should not be an excuse for local small business owners to say, ah, well, we just didn't plan because we didn't have enough information. That And it does. It stinks. It makes it more work because you're coming up with a lot of scenarios that some of which may never play out. And I get that. But you've got to do that work. You've got to put that time in. 
But if you're a if you're a business, if you're a frame shop that owns that employs four people who frames pictures, you've run out of pictures to frame because nobody can come into your business, mm -hmm. nobody can come pick them up. You're not generating any revenue. I can go another two weeks. After that, I got to shut it down. Mm -hmm. Period. I would think it would be nice to have at least an idea to plan for. I think you have that idea. I don't know that you do with this. We point. were the governor Friday, has ten to fourteen days would be the minimum. Till till when? Till 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 phase one begins. When do hair salons reopen? At some point, it becomes cost prohibitive to have only two people in your shop. Oh yeah. I mean, people need these businesses are going to go away. They're not going to reopen, like you said. Yeah. And that is going to and that impacts everything. I don't think any of us realized how intertwined everything is. Until we shut it all down. From the guy that grows the cabbage to the trucker who brings it to the restaurant to the person who goes to get their hair cut, the hair salon buys advertising that affects the media. So it's all interconnected, mm -hmm. and one cannot operate without the other. And I think we will see, Dave, an, a, a realization of our dependency on other countries, to especially China, to create and distribute our products. So again, I brought up restaurants and cups. If you are being asked to use only disposable paper cups... Do we make enough in the United States of America right now that we can, or, or how many of, of the businesses that are currently up and running get their paper cups distributed from a plant in China? Well, now they have to be going back to the books and going, okay, who do we buy from now? Or how much does it cost now? Or how has this changed? How has this process changed? Can we even get the things we need? Or do we need to change our menu? Do we need to change our standard operating procedures? This uh, and and people don't like me saying this, and I understand. But what we just went through is the easy part. The shutdown that has been very difficult is the easy part. We are about to hit the hard part, and I'm not being a I'm not trying to be a, a doomsman. I'm not trying to sit here and be a pessimist. I'm being a realist about the fact that if you think everything's going to open back up and go right back to normal, you're very wrong. We are going to have new things. You're going to have new expenditures whenever it comes to sanitation and um, uh, disinfecting solutions and ways of cleaning. You're probably going to be investing in cleaning companies in a way that you hadn't before. You might have to have more payroll because of staff hours for additional and there are work going and to be cleaning. Businesses who don't make that investment, they're, or and they're, they're shut not, it down. Yeah, and that's going to have a major impact on the yes, economy absolutely they're going to show they're going to look at it as every business owner will at some point some more earlier than others more earlier so i guess my point is yes it would be great to have an exact date and exact guidelines i'm not asking for exact date but if you're going to have a strategic plan and say this is phase one this is phase two this is phase three then you need to get that out there so you know if you're phase one phase two or phase three and you may have to make your decision based on i'm phase three i can't make it that long we have to shut it down. I think if you are paying attention to the federal phases that have been put out, which I do think the governor will follow at least to some degree, I, I think that there's a lot of context clues. I think you can – I know assumptions are bad, but I don't think you have no information right now. I don't think you I have think no you have information, information, but you're waiting on something from sure. the state capitol. You're waiting on something from the governor who to this point has done a pretty good job. He's listened to the people around him. But there's got to be more of a plan than just mm -hmm. just that. Just going, well, well, we'll come up with it as we go. And it kind of feels like yeah. we're coming up with it 
as we go. And hopefully we'll see that again, to you know, the eh. next couple of days. Well, we'll see. We'll find out at 1030 this morning. Yeah, 1030 I guess so. ish. Uh, <laughs> that's Is this the earliest one we've had? It feels like the earliest one we've I had. I think so. Most of them have been 11 or 1. There's been yeah. some 4 o'clocks, but, um, you know, I don't know what the governor's schedule is today, but uh, that'll be 1030-ish. Uh, we'll have it for you live across uh, WAJR. All right. How about we get in a break yeah. and we'll get to some of the headlines. Uh, and quite frankly, there's some positive headlines in there. We'll talk to Samantha Stone, bottom of the hour. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255-304-TALK, 304 is the text line. And uh, what's the Twitter handle? At Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. Is it called a handle? It used to be a handle on the CB. Is it Twitter handle? I don't know. That's what I've always said. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Producer Luke, is it Twitter yeah, handle? Yeah, it's a handle. It's a handle. Luke says it's thumbs. All right, I got a thumbs yeah, up from the... Uh, the youngster in the room. He's not a millennial. What is he? I don't know. What Gen Xer. Gen Xer? Is that what you are, Luke? Z- Gen Zer? Zenial. He's, he's like, eh. He, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't know, know what he is. We don't know what we are Because either. when you're a Zenial, you don't even oh, pay what? attention to that. <laughs> he's not. He's over there on his phone. He's not even paying attention to this show. <laughs> 920 back after this. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. 800-765-TALK is the phone number. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. And a couple calls, texts coming in. We'll get to those. Uh, let's see. Text into the show. Start the engine up too soon and you'll blow it all to hell. That's also true. I've done that yes. to a lawnmower. I've done that to a lawnmower. Well, and I think that's a concern, too. What we cannot do is start up, have some sort of a major crisis in our health care, and then have to shut down again. It's If you have to shut down again, I would much rather be delayed than have to have another shutdown. We couldn't do it. Watching Texas, Georgia, uh, what is it, a couple of other states who are starting to reopen this week will be interesting. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, uh, well, everyone, are going to be watching that to see how it goes. Uh why does Nancy Pelosi look like a 19 or an 1850s bank that. robber? <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> I, I digress. But, um, uh, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, sorry. What was the very last thing you said before you distracted me? With <laughs> I'm sorry because that was a very like. odd image of her that it's, they were showing. It was up on the monitor. I don't. I was reading texts. All I right. said uh, the gist was don't start it up too soon. Ah, yes. I will say one of the one of the benefits to not starting it up right away is getting to watch what these other states are doing and how it's impacting them. Uh, text into the show. Is there no nine o'clock talk show this morning? Nah, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, uh, here's a text into the show, which will lead us into the next. Uh, subject. Uh, texter 304Talk304 says, with Mountain Line now having a bus driver testing positive, will all the drivers and riders be tested as well? There may be people riding the bus spreading COVID. Um, didn't get an opportunity to reach out to Dave Bruffy this morning. I plan on doing that actually after the show today to get you a full answer. I do know this. Uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, yes, there was a bus driver for the Mountain Line Transit Authority in Monongalia County who did test positive for COVID-19. This from the release from Mountain Line. All contacts of this employee have been identified. The Monongahela County Health Department is working with Mountain Line to take the necessary steps to test, isolate, and trace any potential uh, additional contacts. 
Mountain Line has taken aggressive steps to protect the safety of its transit operations since the beginning of the pandemic. It's not that long. I'll read all of it, actually. All buses are fumigated, disinfected, sanitized uh, on a daily basis, plus several other measures to ensure the safety of employees and passengers are utilized. Mountain Line has set up a system for riders. Okay, here's the key part. Now listen. Mountain Line has set up a system for riders to call in and register their trip in order to provide Montague County Health Department with tracking information in the case of a positive test. Hmm. From now on, Mountain Line passengers will be asked to socially distance on the bus. I believe they already were. Uh, you are request, requested to wear a face covering, which Montague County has already requested that you do. Here's the key. Call 304-296-3680 to register your trip. Uh, do not ride if you think you... <laughs> Do not ride while sick, even with a cold. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Wash your hands frequently. All those social distancing guidelines apply. Um, I don't know if I answered the texter's question, but those are the steps being taken. And, again, um, we'll be reaching out to Dave Bruffy uh, with Mountain Line Transit Authority after the show today uh, for maybe tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, we got time. I'm never going to get to these headlines. We'll get to them later. Let's get to the phones. We have a call from... Ken. Morning, Ken. Morning. How are you? Buddy, I'm all right. You staying well? I am. Thank you. What's on your mind? So um, there is a protest at the Capitol uh, right outside the governor's mansion at about noon today. That's one of the reasons that Governor Justice moved his press conference back to 1030. Uh, the question was raised a few minutes ago on why that happened. There is There is certainly an answer. And uh, I um, have received word that several of the executives in uh, in Charleston um, have been hearing a lot of rumblings over the weekend uh, that uh, justice is getting antsy to reopen and back up. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there is going to be a demonstration outside his building today calling him out for breaking the West Virginia Constitution and keeping a 30-day state of emergency open longer than 30 days and in not getting proper constitutional uh, authorization to do so. Ken, you seem to know quite a lot. Are you are you planning to be there or are you are you is this an organization? Is this a grassroots so, effort? What do you know? I it is a grassroots organiza- or grassroots effort that uh, is being spearheaded by Marshall Wilson, delegate out of Berkeley County. I do um, know some. I, I cannot be there. Uh, I do have to work today. But, um, but yeah, I was the uh, former uh, president of the Harrison County Republican Club and has been following this, uh, this effort pretty closely. Well, hey, Ken, if you don't mind me asking, what do you think? Is it time to reopen? What, what, where, where do you fall on this? I believe that um, our small businesses have suffered uh, pretty tremendously. I believe that everybody has had about 45 days now to plan how in their best interest and in the interest of their customers uh, they can reopen to try and establish some lifelines for economic uh, sustainability i believe that if we don't then we're going to see uh, repercussions that are that are substantially more negative than anything the coronavirus can provide Uh, we're already looking at budget shortfalls of what three billion dollars to the general revenue fund here in west virginia out of a 4.6 billion dollar budget so that's a 66 percent decrease Hey, Ken, I'm I'm up against the bottom of the hour here, buddy. i got to get to the break. Thank you so much for the information. Appreciate the call. Appreciate you listening, man. No worries. All right. Thank you very much. Ken calling in. All right.
I wasn't aware of that, to be honest with you. 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255 is the phone number. 304-TALK, 304 is the text line. We'll get to more calls and texts coming up. We'll talk to Preston County Commissioner Samantha Stone on the other side of the break. Right now, it's 930. Let's get a news update from the Metro News Anchor Desk. Find out what's happening in West Virginia. Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime, anywhere on WAJR.com. Joining us now on the program, Preston County Commissioner Samantha Stone. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. How uh, how are you doing over in Preston County this morning? Uh, we're doing good. My blood pressure is a little elevated. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, I think I know why. We'll get to that in just a moment. Um, overall, uh total number of cases i think there's been 12 identified in preston county um we it, 13. is it 13 now okay yeah. but mm-hmm. hey overall 13 uh not too bad as far as that goes everybody you know rolling with the punches over there so to speak yes we we are doing the best we can with what's been laid before us <laughs> Uh, what kind of challenges or concerns are you hearing uh, from your local businesses there? And uh, what kind of concerns as a county commission are you guys discussing at this point? Well, as far as local concerns go, I mean, this, this is a very difficult time. I mean, we've been dealing with shutdowns and different things since, uh, you know, early on in March. And, you know, mandates that come down from the state level um, and even across the country as, as the federal level, um, you know, we're, we're adhering to what we need to adhere to. But this is really killing the economy as far as uh, things go with our small businesses. And, you know, with not being able to truly get any type of support, there's so many different businesses, um, you know, along the lines of agriculture and, you know, different things like that, that aren't really eligible for any of, of these funds uh, to help them in a time like this. And so, you know, it, this is truly um, an unfair uh, time for a lot of the, uh, you know, businesses here in the county. And, you know, they're, they keep reaching out to the county, um, but really and truthfully, the county really can't do anything um, because it's stuff that's far above us. You know, we don't. We talked early on in the show, Sarah, about how everything's interconnected. And we like to use restaurants as a, it seems like an easy example. But you know, Samantha, the restaurant in Morgantown that's closed might get its produce from a farm in Preston County, or might get its, uh, you know, grass-fed beef from a from a farm in Preston County. So, you know, if there's no restaurant open, you can't sell your beef. If you can't sell your beef, your farmer can't make your revenue. I mean, that that whole chain reaction is uh, just stuck right at the moment. It is. It is. And everyone's just holding tight and, you know, trying to make the, the best of it, trying to keep everybody safe, adhere to what they're telling us that we need to do. And uh, that's what's making what's coming before us even harder to swallow, so to speak. And, you know, I want to go back for a second to something you were just saying about um, sort of a, an unfair nature to how some of this has shaken out in regards to supporting small businesses And we had uh, Shelly Moore Capito on, and she was helping to answer some questions last week because there are some things, and and if you're not in the small business world, I don't know how apparent some of these are, but there are some things that are almost contradictory 
in being helpful. So for example, if you are not a business that the payroll protection plan is very good for because perhaps you are a sole proprietor or you just don't have a very large payroll, then mm-hmm. you had this EIDL loan, which was you know meant to kind of help offset that, but now they've changed the restrictions on that to where it's based off of payroll as well. And that Correct. seemed like a really confusing change. And then um, with unemployment, in some cases, especially if you're looking at part-time employees, we've we've made unemployment almost too good, dare I say, in regards to uh, as you're planning to reopen, getting employees to come back whenever they could be making more on unemployment. So as you're looking at this, because I, I am imagining that's some of what you were kind of alluding to there, as you're looking at some of these, how do we support businesses here in West Virginia that may fall under some of these sort of contradictions? Well, I think I think the biggest thing is uh, just sitting back. Um, the citizens really need to think before they run out and and spend, you know, money at these different places, such as our WalMarts and our more corporate, you know, chains. You need to sit back and think: Is can I get this product or whatever it might be from someone local? Because they're the ones that are hurting. They're the ones that haven't been able to get their piece of the pie, so to speak, um, with, uh, you know, help that's come down, uh, funding that's come down uh, to be able to assist these these people. You know, I know hairdressers that um, are, you know, privately owned. They're not, they don't have multiple people under them cutting hair or anything like that, but just they have a business. They're the only one that works there, and they still have not received any unemployment compensation. Um, there are people that have applied um you know, and typically under normal circumstances, they would not receive unemployment wages. If they decide to shut down, they're just done and they go out and look for jobs elsewhere, you know. And so being that they're mandated to shut down, of course, they're qualifying, but, you know, they've been living without any assistance for a while now. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's important that the people uh, just really step back and say, you know, is is there a way for me to buy from a local farmer some meat? Um, is there a way for, you know, me to get the things that I need in my area to help support those people that have not been able to uh, just have their doors open freely and, and do, um, you know, a, a, a few huge struggles that I see here in the county is some of our, you know, our businesses that have been hugely impacted that haven't been able to do things online, you know, our healthcare facilities, our, gym, our gyms, you know, different things like that where people have invested a lot of money and yeah, they can get a loan out to get them through this time. But, um, you know, that's not really helping the bottom line, especially when it's a, a single uh, person run business, you know, it's just, it's just a very difficult time for everybody, but I would like to commend the people in this County because they are doing what they've been told to do by the governor and the health officials and all the people, even though they're watching everything they worked for, you know, slide down the tube. They're trying to do what's best and hold tight, waiting for, you know, the response and, you know, for the reins to be let up a little bit so that they can get back to some new normalcy. Talking to Samantha Stone, Preston County Commission. You mentioned early on there your your blood pressure was boiling a little <laughs> bit. Um Probably has to do with U.S. Penitentiary Hazleton. Federal, the Federal Bureau of Prisons confirming they're actually using two prisons here in West Virginia. One's Hazleton, the other is uh, FCI Gilmer in Glenville. 
yeah. for COVID-19 quarantine prisons, I, yeah. I guess would be the best way to describe it. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, um, <laughs> we have been, we received information last week, late last week, that this was potentially coming. And as soon as we heard, uh, you know, I was on the horn. I have reached out. I've spoken with Patrick Morrissey. I've spoken with the governor's representatives. We have had communication with Capito's office. I had been on the phone with Wendy Madden, with uh, Congressman McKinley's office. And, you know, everybody's sending letters of, res- of support saying, please don't bring them here. But, you know, I truly don't understand why a decision like this would be made um, so it seems to me so willy-nilly, so, you know, easily how they can just move people from a hot spot to other places. And it's my understanding that um, we have 122 uh, prisons uh, across, across the country and that they decided, they, they came to a conclusion that they were naming 10 prisons that would be these quarant- regional quarantine sites. And the only two prisons in West Virginia were both named. And that has me furious for, for multiple reasons. Um, it was said early on that it was maybe due to overcrowding, but we're finding out that that's not the, not the case. And they're saying that they're not sending positives here, but they're also not testing to make sure they're not positives. And so I believe that at Hazleton uh, facility, I believe that they're always – treating people, uh, the prisoners that come in, and and taking precautions. I believe during this time, everybody's uh, measure of precautions that they take are much more elevated during this pandemic. And so I believe they're doing their job to keep their people safe and whatnot. But I also believe by bringing these prisoners to Hazleton and to Gilmer County, who just received their first positive in Gilmer County on Saturday, I believe that that is going against everything that we have been doing in our counties across West Virginia to keep our numbers relatively low and to flatten the curve. So it's taken everything we've worked for, um, this, everything the citizens have done, everything the small businesses have done, everything, and just throwing it down the tube because there could potentially be a breach in allowing this to come into our county. And, you know, they might be federal uh, at the prison, a federal level, but this is our county, and we have not just Preston County citizens, but there's over 800 employees at Hazleton that have to go home to their families. And and although they're taking every precaution necessary, there still could be that chance. And I would feel much better knowing that they're being quarantined wherever they're wanting to send them from, and then they're tested and sending only negatives. It's, it's overcrowding the issue, but I believe it's not the issue. So, yes, I am very upset at this. I've been working diligently, reaching up, talking to everybody that would listen, trying to get letters of support. And I believe now it's going to take an act of President Trump putting his foot down and saying, absolutely not. They need to sit tight. But I just don't know that that's going to happen. And I I am starting to lose all faith in the work that I've been doing and the people that I've been talking to, because this is not fair to the citizens in West Virginia or Gilmer County, Preston County. It's not fair to anybody that we've been staying home and listening to all the orders that are coming down and the mandates for them to just bring them in. Have you reached out or heard from Senators Manchin or Capito and or uh, Governor Justice on the matter? 
All of them. All of them. You know, we have reached up. We have uh, been sending out emails and letters, and I've had phone calls, and, and they are in support of what we are wanting. They're wanting it to stop as well. I just don't know that it, I think it's falling on deaf ears. I, I just I've been told that they are still coming and there's nothing that we can do about it. And how is that? How is that right? How, how is that fair to not take into consideration, you know, what they could be jeopardizing? We have a very um, our, our demographic of people here is, uh, you know, a lot of elderly and you know, and the compromised people that have underlying health issues, you know, I could get COVID tomorrow and I would probably recover and be just fine. But it's those other people, it's, you know, that make up the majority of the citizens in our county and, and in a lot of the counties across the state. And I'm not saying I don't want them to come to Preston or Gilmer. I'm saying I don't want them to go to any other facility that they need to adhere to the rules that are mandated and say, hold them tight. Until we get through this, they need to be a part of the solution also. I don't care if they're a prisoner or who they are. I mean, this is unfair that they're sending anybody anywhere when we've been told we need to stay put. Samantha, we got to hit the break. appreciate it very much, and uh, we'll stay on top of it. You let us know if you hear any updates as well. Great. Thank you, and have a good day. You too. Samantha Stone, Preston County Commission, back after this. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Let's read a few texts, several of them rolling in, 304-TALK-304. You ever get the feeling you're not going to get to those headlines you promised at the beginning of the show? (laughs) Uh, You know the headlines. Um, Let's see. In reference to the caller, Ken, he said that there will be more ramifications for not opening businesses than the coronavirus. So you're saying that by not opening businesses that people will die just because they don't have a way to get their hair cut or go to these non-essential businesses that are not open right now. Um, no, don't think that's what he was saying at all. The, the, the economic ramifications. Um, <laughs> look, we're, we're hurtling. Uh, fairness is in the eye of the beholder, says the texter. Ask Samantha how fair she is being to anybody else. She only cares about what she cares about. Fairness inherently requires thinking about others. Uh, no, I think if you listen to the full statement there, she said, I don't want to see these these prisoners who are COVID-19 positive moved anywhere. They shouldn't be moved anywhere. Uh, they should stay where they are. That would seem to follow the guidelines that have been set for the rest of us. At least that's the way I heard it. Could be wrong. Uh, You both need to watch the two doctors interviewed in California. They're on the front lines and have real data to back their views suggestions. The media is making the coronavirus bigger than it needs. They said it was appropriate to social distance in the beginning when they didn't have a lot of data. Now they do, and the data says it's like the seasonal flu. Get back to work. All right, I'll watch them. I'm going to have to Google that, but I'll watch. Now the text. I mean, just to respond a little bit to that... that's fine, and I agree, actually, for the most part, that the media is throwing it out of proportion. But I media. am also going off of, I don't know if you listen to our Mon Health talk shows every single Monday morning, but we've been having experts on every single week that are also helping to uh, 
deliver a message about what this could look like for our specific state's demographic if we are not careful. And I think that that's worth heeding. Uh, states are picking winners and losers. 304 Talk 304 text line. Uh, Lowe's is just as busy or busier than it used to be before the coronavirus. I'll vouch for that. I went to Lowe's <laughs> over the weekend. Can't go to church, but you can go to Lowe's, open a gym in Lowe's, and no one says a word. <laughs> Have you thought about that? So as you're going down the paint, mm. oh, I got it. So you've got to use, um, instead of uh, kettlebells, paint cans. Ah. Thought about that? No. Instead of uh, free weights, four by fours, six yeah. by sixes. You ever had to lift a hold a six by six over your head? We're we're trying to help people come uh-huh. up with some creative I'm ways. Just, of... We're thinking outside the box here. Cinder blocks. Oh. I got two notes, words for Dave. you: Portland cement. <laughs> All right, we got to squeeze in the final break. Back after this. To the talk of the town on WAJR. Uh, I appreciate all the texts this morning. There is no possible way I'm going to get to all of them because I only have about 45 seconds left. Uh, but I do appreciate you listening. Do appreciate you texting in. I apologize. We'll uh, try to do better tomorrow. Uh, do you know what we're doing tomorrow? Neither do I. All right, we'll do something. We'll do something. <laughs> I think we actually do have things booked. I just. Uh, we didn't have it up. Well, you know, our pre-show meeting was a brief this morning. There's a lot going on on a Monday morning here. Uh, Hoppy Kirchville is coming up next. Metro News Talk Line. Dr. Clay Marsh will be joining Hoppy coming up right off the top of the hour. 1030, we will have uh, the governor's briefing on uh, WAJR. We'll break in. We'll have that in its entirety. And, of course, you'll be able to read more over at the website, WAJR.com as well. All right, that's going to do it for us. Hoppy Kurtz will come up next. We're back tomorrow morning, 9.06. Don't forget, if you missed any of the show, it's on demand at WAJR.com. Is that all? That's all. All right, let's get out of here. Let's Hoppy, do it. he's next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.